Welcome everybody to Sonic Artifacts. This is our first interview and we're very excited to introduce Jeff Brown here, uh, Amtech guru, musician extraordinaire. He's had a long uh, seated history and working in various cities under very awesome amp specialists and uh, he's had some hands-on apprenticeships and has made some really awesome amplifiers. So we're very excited to have uh, Jeff here at Sonic Artifacts. Welcome. All right. Great. Thank you. Now, um, if you could, wouldn't mind giving our uh, audience a little background in your history of working on amplifiers and uh, the various cities and, and some of the guys, again, that you have, uh, have apprenticed under. Well, I, yeah, I started, I mean, I started doing that kind of thing in high school. Um, I think just started with learning how to set up my own guitar. Like, uh, and this is like, this is deep cuts. This is, they're talking like 1984, 85. Um, things weren't playing right. And I'm like, well, I think I can get little tools and like adjust these things. And I'd screw it all up. Um, but, uh, and then just keep persevering till I got it right and learn some things. And I got some books. There was some books around, I think Dan Earlywine's book was already out back then. One of them. And um, and I had help along the way. I had people that just were like, oh, I can help you with that kid. And and one of those guys was Steve at Angela Instruments, who was talked about in that Truth About Vintage Amps podcast. Um, he taught me how to level frets when I was like 16, I think. Again, I didn't do a very good job at it, you know, but but he certainly, but it was cool that he, he showed me how to do that. And, you know, um, and as I went along, you know, went to college at Berkeley College of Music for a couple of years, and um, I was just always fascinated with that with that end of things. You know, like making things that are busted work. Oh, I should say too, part of the motivating factor too was like getting the bill, mm. um, and like, well, whatever that says right there, clean sockets, biased, whatever that is, I can't imagine that I'm not capable of that, and you know, saving that in those days, it was, you know, 30 bucks or 40 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. um, uh, or, you know, um, uh, billing a little bit differently. Cause it's like that, whatever that is, it can't be that hard. Um, so um, I'd say by the early nineties, that's when I kind of started to do that work. I worked for a place called Hound Sound under the auspices of this guy, Tim Hatfield. He was a studio technician <clears throat> I don't know why they hired me, but probably just because I had the interest and I was just hanging I was, you know, my band was recording there and um, I don't even remember what conversation it was that made them think I'd be interested, but they just said, here, you want to work here, do learn this, do this. And I was like better than Kinko's, which is where I was working. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, sounds like a little more interesting, <laughs> a little more interesting. And it's, but, but more importantly, it gave me independence. I really don't like working for people. Like, um, yeah, working yeah, I, for, I, I don't like a 40 hour a week job. It's just cruelty to me. It's not in my personality type. So I, I demanded a certain level of independence. So with this, I could do that. Um, so that was, that was a big part of it. And so I worked for, I worked for Tim Hatfield and I worked for Jeff at Buddha amplification, built a bunch of his, the early Buddha amps, which are, if you can find them, they're fantastic. They're still kind of a bargain. Um, he was making amps that were, you know, that was, it, it, we, we got letters from like other boutique makers, um, that were praising him and bummed because for a thousand dollars, 900 bucks or whatever they were at the time, you know, they were, he was building an amp that 
was doing as well as like what people were charging twice, three times that. Oh wow! Um, you know, just just good, basic, good, sound, great sounding little right. You know, rockers. Um, and uh, so you know, I learned a lot from him about the business end of things, and um, and but really, it was just it's just you know fascinating with fascination with like you know what can I do to make things better um mm-hmm. through angela instruments i got really deep into like the hi-fi end of things and started to build my own hi-fi amps because that stuff is amazing sounding you know mm-hmm. the old tube mm-hmm. hi-fi stuff this is opened up a whole new world i'm like i've never heard some instruments on this track or i can understand what he's singing it's like this Jimi hendrix singing and i hear every word now instead of it being like a kind of a mess right and then um, and and for our listeners, you know, hi-fi is all about clarity. You know, guitar all about clarity, all about distortion. <laughs> so. Well, actually, that that also did inform my um, guitar, my instruments mm. as well, too, because you know, uh, I need a very clear-sounding guitar. You know, acoustic guitar has got to be—I got to be able to hear every note. I, I play the horn too. Same thing. It's got to be have a very clear sound, and a lot of that came from I think just you know listening, listen the different. Because, you know, when you build your own amps, you're, you're listening to that music. You're really, like, noticing your the flaws you put into it, what you can make better. Um, and so, yeah, I became kind of obsessed with that for, for a matter of years. Even more so than the guitar amps. It was just, like, more exciting to me to, like, build something that I could listen to my record collection on and then make records and see how, see how they sound. It's all about, this, it's all about sound. Um, so yeah, you know, I've, I've, so over the years I've worked, you know, I had my own shop for a while in Portland, Oregon. I worked for a place for nine years out there, a guitar store. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I worked for a place called Lon Cohen studio rentals in in Hollywood, North Hollywood, um, for a little bit when I was there, I was only in LA for about a year and then I came here and, um, and I've kind of cooled it here. Like I only worked for, you know, a few clients here. Um, I've been, I'm in semi-retirement with it and getting back to my the things I did in high school, which was studying and playing classical guitar, composing, mm-hmm. um, which takes a lot of my time. So mostly I'm teaching guitar these days and I do this for, you know, it's money. It's, it is, it's good to get some money, but it's also just cause I have a skill and I do enjoy it. Um, there was a stretch of time where it took over my entire life. <laughs> I right. never want that to happen again. Again, it's that independence thing, you know. Um, scouring the globe for NOS tubes and oh, capacitors. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally just like up to my eyeballs in like capacitors and little parts. And um, right. it got to be, I got to be a pretty good hoarder and that's no fun. Like that's a, that was, ugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, I, I occasionally go up to Vermont and work for my friend David up there in the summers, and um, and I enjoy it. That's the thing; it's work that I enjoy in um, limited quantities <laughs> at this point. How would how would you suggest uh, you know what young, our younger office men or any age get into you know tube amplification? Because there's all these warnings about getting shocked, and you know don't don't go in there without supervision. You know the, those kind of things. The first book that I, the first thing, well, when I worked for Tim Hatfield, he just handed me this book called How to Service Your Own Tube Amp by Tom Mitchell. And there's, 
several books out there there now there's um there's david funk's book the thunder funk or something like that it was quite informative the, the tom mitchell book is is um right on point they have troubleshooting flow charts and all that um i also got uh, the two-band book by aspen Pittman, which has a lot of information in it um the train wreck pages ken fisher um you know, really informative, but you know, the first thing I talked to you about is how to discharge capacitors to make sure the amp is unplugged when you get in there. Um, basic things like that. And I can't stress that enough. I have been shocked to the moon a couple times. It's no fun. Um, it'll, it can mess you up. It can mess you up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can imagine, especially the larger amplifiers that's, you know, could be deadly. Yeah. I've had some, I've had some pretty scary, instances you know fortunately i turned out okay but um you know it's nothing to be messed with if you're not willing to take some risk with your life and well-being <laughs> right and, and, and you so would you uh you know if you're going to use the amplifier you'd always recommend the uh, upgrade to a three prong if we're dealing with a vintage two prong left yeah over. yeah take that and take the death cap out you know God. that's that's, that's a, one of the first things you know and a friend of the, don't know the death cap and the United States, for some reason, we didn't ground things until, I don't know, was it the 80s or something or 70s? So everything was two-prong. When you look at stuff made in Europe, everything's three-prong. It's all grounded. Um, here it was, if it buzzed, you could turn the plug around or hit the polarity switch. And I'm not quite sure why that is. It's just not as safe. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but eventually we got it together and, you know, when you buy a new amp, it's grounded and doesn't have the death cap in it. And you know, your chances of getting shocked are much slimmer. <laughs> right, right, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, Jeff was just recently interviewed on the the great podcast, The Truth About Vintage Amplifiers. And he used a term that, that I like very much. Um, I believe he called it, we're in a golden age of parts. Uh, yep. Here at Sonic Artifacts, I've been using uh, aftermarket renaissance, but ultimately we're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, now, you had mentioned you had a shop in Portland uh, for five years. And, you know, over the course of the last really 30 years of working on tube amplifiers, um, there's a, there's equipment that's come and gone or certain wiring that you couldn't get 15 years ago that you can now purchase. What does the market look like today versus when you, you know, 20 years ago when you had a shop? Oh, geez. Well, when I, well, the shop was only, God, 15 to 10 to 11 years ago. So I okay. ended that in 2010. Okay. So that was already in full force. Like we were mm -hmm. already, um, you know, there was already a lot of good stuff available. Um, just for instance, like I, I did build one amp that was just a JTM 45 top. It was purple. It was really pretty. It looked like an old amp. Um, and I got the Mercury Magnetics Radio Spares Transformer in a trade from somebody that built, tried to build an amp but did a horrific job and <laughs> messed it up. So this is a $300, $400 transformer. And I got to sit it next to a real JTM 45 coffin logo one, a real one from the early 60s. And mine was really close, Oh wow. um, sonically speaking. Um, you know, I forget who I sold that amp to, but, you know, my God, it was, uh, you know, I was just like, yeah, I don't need the lust after a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 amp anymore. I can just make it. Wow. <laughs> and it's not rocket science. It's like it's um a lot of it is that is those transformers and for, um they kind of knocked it out of the park with the radio spares series and 
And then there's other Transformers. I like the stuff that Mojo makes. Um, hey Boyer makes them for Mojo. That stuff is top notch. Ex- excellent. You know, certainly much better than like a lot of stuff that you that just is off the shelf. But Hammond is very good um, out of Canada. And then you know, since since then though, like you know, I also built a lot of uh, guitars over the years for people. Um, my main guitar is this. I have an old jazz master from the fifties that I've had forever. That it just is just to die for. Um, you know, I've had old strats over the years. Um, you know, yada yada yada. But my main guitar is like a Telecaster I built on my rooftop here in Brooklyn. Um, you know, this with a pine body, um, all parts neck. Boom! I think I pro- I probably have about four or five hundred dollars into the thing, and it's. I don't know. It's there's there is something about an old one, mm-hmm. but there's also something about dropping five thousand dollars for one that's in <laughs> really ter- terrible condition with all kinds of parts change, and then dropping ten thousand dollars for something that's in good condition that's got parts change and has been repainted, or dropping I don't know thirty forty thousand dollars for a decal and some paint you know like uh, that's just that's just completely unsexy to me it's completely unappealing i have no interest in that it's it's actually it's just kind of dull right um, and you know so uh, i would you know i'm a i'm a player you know i've gotten to make music so i've played this i've played this thing to death like you know um and that's just some basic parts, you know, uh, music craft. I, I did have a guitar built with one of their necks, you know, with the, it's, it's clay dots. They didn't use clay in the old days, but it looked good, but it was, but I made it just like a 64 neck. I could order it exactly how I wanted it. It's a little maddening that you can do that. But the result was like, God, for 300 bucks, this neck is, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, it feels, it feels like an old fender. You got to really, um, yeah, yeah. I've looked, I've looked at the warmest pages when you're going through to how to spec a neck out. You have to really know what you want because it is so yeah, precise. It's so precise. But if, if you're, if you play enough and you play well enough, and you know, then you kind of get an idea of what you of what you like. Um, but I was like, you know, this is, you know, and they they have all kinds of really high quality like bridges and pickups now. There's so, just way too many pickup makers at this point. Um, mm. You know, just something good enough is good enough for me. It's just magnets and some wire. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the fact that there's so many choices is it's kind of wonderful. It's a little daunting. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't I just don't think you need to. Uh, it, it's nice to have those old guitars. When I was, you know, in my 20s, an old Telecaster was a thousand dollars, you know, for something really nice um there used to be a box of guitars that had all the paint stripped off at southworth guitars it said 200 dollars a pound on it as a joke and but you know for less than a thousand dollars you can walk out with a 64 stratocaster that was had all the paint stripped off but all the parts were right and you know it was humane right and there wasn't so much of a hang-up of like well i want a humbucker in this thing just get the right. router out and you know, no one's going to call you a complete moron or idiot like they do now. Like, these idiots that did this. Like, no, they were musicians, <laughs> man. Musicians like their stuff the way they want it. You know, so you could you could carve them up and have a good <laughs> good time. Right. I mean, especially if you did it then. I mean, it was three years old. It was, it was, it was not yeah, or or even twenty years old. Like, right. it was just like 
you know, there wasn't, there wasn't so much of this silliness. Um, would I do that now to an old guitar? No. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> no because of the financial part of it. And it would be kind of stupid now. But at the time, it was, you know, I want this. You know, I want that. Boom. There you go. Um, and then you could find those things for dirt cheap if it was all cut up or repainted. You know, it's just like, oh, then now it's now it's a $400 guitar. Um, it's $1980 is about 900 bucks like today it's just like that's that's humane it's like it was fun <laughs> yeah. yeah i have a old uh, 65 millimaker that somebody i believe in you know the 80s when they were going for 150 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. put it you know put in a dimazio uh humbucker in the bridge and and put a seymour duncan you know uh single coil strat in the next so you get the strat and uh mm-hmm. PAF and you know those at that i think those were the really the only two the, obviously the mainstream aftermarket pickups available at the time, but yeah. Um, yeah, I got it for, like I said, 500 bucks, like 10, 15 years ago. That was only 500 bucks. 15 years ago. <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, melody maker pickups suck. So right. You know, right. Quite honestly, if we're being honest here, they're just really limiting. And I, you know, that's the exact thing that I want to do with every melody maker that I ever see, you know, but now it's like, you idiot, if you're going to change any parts in it, you Oh man, put a P90 in it. It's rocks. It's a better pickup, <laughs> you know. And they're good guitars. They feel good, you know. So why not, you know? <laughs> so it's very different. But you know, today you have so many options, man. And it's it's kind of it's kind of great, you know. Um, I'll probably build something else the next couple of years here. Don't know when, but um, you know, because. I like doing that. It's fun. Yeah. And I remember you had mentioned, you told me a story about how you build 10 amplifiers. They're all the same. You, you know, you ordered, you know, 10, 10 of each part and yeah. one was better than the rest. And, yeah. That's you what know, I kept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, mathematically that doesn't add up, but uh, you know, the real world comes into play. Yeah. Well, they were all good. Um, that's the thing. They were all, they were all certainly good. They're all still making music. Um, I did just sell an amp that I built in that time period, different circuit. Um, it, it beat out an old tweed Fender Deluxe at my friend's place. Um, and this guy that bought it, Englishman, uh, he's making music with it. I'm so pleased. I was sad to let that one go, but, um, yeah, the, but you know, that's the thing with, it doesn't really, you know, with good parts, there's going to be little variables. So no matter mm-hmm. what, you know, the cabinet might vibrate slightly differently um you know this one transformer would be wound a couple windings more than another or less or whatever who knows why some things just tend to sound or work better than others but also what works for me isn't what works for everybody so it's personal right, there's choice no, there's no perfect tone you know a lot there's of no people. perfect tone it's, yeah, yes. I mean, you know on the internet you know they there's this this chase for that or they isolate you know some clapton solo and they're like oh there's all this noise on it and it's you know it's about the music and you know what's happening there's not this perfect guitar tone out there that's perfect for you and for what you're trying to say yeah yeah yeah. and 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 back to your, your question about somebody getting into this um something that i used to see a lot when i had my shop was you know i want a super reverb i'm gonna build one and they would bring me this sad mess. <laughs> I know, just a disaster. <laughs> and I'm like, the spirit is in the right place, but start with the champ, little tweed champ. Like, 
build one that, you know, mm-hmm. like just, just something really simple, learn how every little component works, what everything does and have fun with it. It's way more fun. Trust me when you build something and it works than when you build something and smoke comes out of it, when you turn it on. <laughs> that's not, that's not a good feeling. Um, I get it. I was really ambitious too. The first thing I built was a little above my head as well. I got it working up by the third attempt and um, it was a hi-fi amp, but yeah, first attempt, literal smoke. Um, oh, wow. Second attempt, audio, but lots of hum. Third attempt, a nice amp. Um, but, you know, start with that and start with just really basic, like, basic, like get a book, you know, start reading, getting information. We also live in the information age, which is insane. Like, um, there's lots of blogs and videos that can help you as well um you know i guess for me i'm i'm not an amp tech but you know mm-hmm. i do play with you know swapping speakers out and tube swapping which you know is a pretty safe thing to do i think and is a good introductory way to understand what the different um preamp and power amp tubes feel like and mm-hmm. you know what different variations are you can really change a lot of your sound that way as well i yeah. think i i think even my, i have a 65 fender blackface basement and i and i remember uh we i was trying to get it to break up at a certain point and and we had removed part of the negative feedback loop and it was getting a little crazy and we changed it back and i ended up just getting uh more uh, powerful speakers i got some red fangs that you know um that have a lot more headroom and it ended mm-hmm. up having a much better gradient it ended up being the speakers honestly it wasn't what we were doing inside the amplifier oh yeah yeah you know yeah keep it in mind that those fender amps are all very well designed and you know um it's okay to like it's of course okay to mod things, but the, at the very foundation, they're designed to do a certain thing really, really, you know, really well. I'm not going to say the Fender Basement's a great bass amp. It's not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I've used them for bass, you know, recording, and I've gotten you know decent results. But it's not my it's not my go to choice. Um, but it's a great. They are great sounding amps, even just just stock. Um, and with regards to like, you know, you know, the parts and wires and all that stuff, it's good to experiment because, you know, like what, what, um, you know, we're all different. You know, that was something that I learned when I had my shop was people were always having me here replace this one capacitor. You know, they would read it on some blog and or some chat room or some forum and get all obsessed about it. And, and, um, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's 50 bucks, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like, but every time I do that, I'd be like, well, there is a difference, whether I like it or not. It's like, yeah, that actually did make a difference. Something you know? is happening. Something is Something happening. Something is happening. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that person might be, usually that person was back in a week and, you know, can you change this other capacitor or change it back or, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, sure. 50 bucks, whatever. Um, great. Thank you for supporting my my life <laughs> expanding help helping me with my vision um you know um and uh but every single time it wasn't like it was it was a useless thing it was like oh that did make a difference and i like certain wire i'm the stickler for that when it comes to building amps um you know that uh and that just comes from my hi-fi and studio days just like well why not apply that to guitar amps it's more clear sounding mm-hmm. um so yeah but i wouldn't say that you know you must do this i'm just saying hey give it a try see if you like it 
You right. might think I'm out of my mind, and that's totally fine too. Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you find a lot of times on these forums, people are, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that, and then, but you don't even know what they're even shooting for. Yeah, like, I don't know what your end goal is, and I'm supposed to be going down this path with you. You know, maybe my end goal is different than yours. You know, yeah. So you, you got to be wary of who you're actually listening to at that point. You also got to be wary of like, are they selling a whatever at, on the other end of the forum? Oh um, yeah, that, yeah. Because I get that all the time too. Uh, we get like four guys, literally. This true story. I wish I could make this stuff up in a row. That'd be like bringing me some really crap harmony amp. That's like you know, good crap amp. Like yeah, okay, this is a good dirt box. Like I was told, this is like a. 5e3 deluxe and then it was but better and like no it's not man just <laughs> save your money get someone to build you one or just save up those ducats you know put a little five percent of your paycheck away every week or ten percent and pretty soon you got enough money to buy a you know tweed deluxe right and just be done with it and that's what you really want um i just be like no this is actually hopeless this amp is made out of i don't know fiberboard it's not pine like that's right there it's already not gonna right. do it it's not right. gonna be in the same class mm. you know i'm not saying that the harmony app is garbage it's actually it's it's got its own thing and yeah some of those are qu quite amazing sounding but it's not the same thing and um and they would be like well do this mod do it i'm like it's sure <laughs> okay okay yeah, your pinto is not going to turn into a Porsche. I'm sorry, but <laughs> and, and you know, truth be told, I would do the same thing on on um, some forums. Like uh, I was on a and totally not related to amps, but on a saxophone forum. Let me just see if I hype this horn, if I can get a little more money on eBay for it, and I would do that. Put some bullshit up there, and it'd be it would be bullshit. It'd be like I like this horn. I only sell things that I like. You know, mm -hmm. if I don't like it, you know it. But I'd be like, wow, I got a lot of activity now suddenly that horn is for a week or two people were like, talking about it oh wow so really talk yeah. about and buy it actually <laughs> try it out and spend more money on it and like wow the power of the internet you know yeah yeah you've been just posting on a few forums and a nudge in, a, in one direction it really Gorilla advertising yeah yeah so, for sure very much so i mean you know really it's so really it's you know i always say like see for yourself you mm -hmm. know um, if you're really curious about something, give it a go. See what you think. Um, cause, uh, cause you never know. So that, that part, um, otherwise you're going by other people's perceptions constantly. And that can be, I don't know. That can be distracting from your songwriting time and abilities, which is really what any of this is about. <laughs> yeah. You kind of miss the market. Yeah, what's the, yeah. What is the overall goal here? It's to, to make music and be inspired. And yeah, I uh, can't stress the importance of practicing your scales and your, you know, your chord switching and, you know, and do the practice of writing music or just playing in a band. Like that's more important than like, I would, I would say that those obsessive customers, do you, you know, if I was comfortable enough with them or if, I just got tired of them. <laughs> it's like, do you really think Jimi Hendrix cared about what capacitor was in stage three of da 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 and his Marshall amps when he was playing those shows? You know, I know he was obsessive about sound, just like anybody else was. He was very obsessive, but he's like, he let the nuts and bolts be <laughs> to, to, to the yeah. tech. You right. Know? <laughs> you know, just like, and focus on. 
he plays the guitar. This, you know, this other guy worries about the capacitors, you know? <laughs> yeah. Focus on your guitar, focus on your music, you know, mm. and do your best in this world, man. Have a good shot at it. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Uh, Max, do you have any questions for Jeff? Yeah. I was just thinking about one thing. Do you have any amp kits that you ever heard that are awesome or any that you recommend? My, my, my experience, the best ones are Mojo. Cool. And, and that goes for, um, a lot of reasons. Um, the quality of the cabinetry, the, their cabinets are first class. Mm. Um, I, I did, I did have experience with some of the, uh, Weber ones. Um, and I like some of their parts, but I wound up like, you know, I would get them with no transformers. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. I would get the speaker. The Weber speakers can be wonderful. The right ones are just wonderful. Um, but as far as like just straight up kits, the Mojo ones are dynamite, you know, first class transformers. I'm not a big fan of the capacitors that they use, the orange drops, but you can do change those. But, the, you know, carbon comp resistors, um, you know, they're just really, really, really good. You do need some experience. I don't think they really come with an instruction manual. It's mm-hmm. more like, you know, it's it's so keep that in mind. Um, but those I would say those are those are amongst the, the absolute best. Okay. Um, yeah, another quick question. Sure, man. So on previous episode of this show, uh, there was you know this is kind of just about like shopping for old tube amps, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I saw one online. It was like an '80s JC made hundred co- combo, and they had yeah. the uh, the output transformer was blown. They said not working, so they yeah. had it for sale for like two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. what would you be weary of picking that up or would you be excited about that coming from not as an amp tech, but like a normal person looking for amps? Well, as a normal person looking for amps, that's a really good question. First of all, um, you know, obviously as a tech, I've, I've jumped on that thing today and flip it like a burger and tomorrow. <laughs> that <laughs> like, was my thoughts. Yeah. It was, you know, <laughs> that's what I do. That's how I'm, that's how I eat part of how I eat, you know, and it's fun and it's easy. Um, but you know, for a lot of people that are out there, that's, um, oh, just an example, right? So in the store I worked at in Portland, I had three Stevie Ray Vaughan Stratocasters on the wall. Right. And one of them was missing the pick guard with the stupid SRV <laughs> engraved in it. And that was the best one. That was actually a really good. I'm not a fan of that guitar, that particular model, but that was a that was a really good one. And it, it was resonant, it was light, and it was the hardest one to sell because of the stupid pick guard. You know, I even went to the post to the um, hardware store and got stupid mailbox letters, the reflective ones, like he had, and put it on there as a joke, and people <laughs> were even more offended by my humor. Um, and I was like, man, everybody, and we're talking, this was, it was like $200. This is one, they, they weren't that expensive at the time. They were like 900 bucks or something. I think I sold that one for 750 is like 150 less. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. You have literally the rest of your life to find that stupid pick guard if you really want it. And, but that was enough to hold people back um, yeah. from actually like not having the vision of like, you know, God, for I think the pickup was the pick guard was probably, I don't know, 20 bucks, you know, so you could have saved a big chunk of money and had a, 
had had the best one of the lot. But that's 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 a really good question. You know, I see that all the time with you know, guitar has a crack in it. Oh my god, people like to catastrophize things. No, it's a crack. Take it to a luthier. You know, hmm. it's it's right. easy. You know, any competent luthier can fix a little top crack or a busted brace or whatever. You know, if the guitar sounds good and it's priced right, you know, trust that the rest can happen. <laughs> right, right. Most <laughs> most things can be fixed. It's just a matter of whether it's worth the money. And you know, if you're getting getting it for a good price, that'll that'll make that make sense. You know, yeah. don't, don't, the, you know, there's people out there that can really help you out. I bought a guitar two years ago. I didn't know what I was buying. It was on eBay. I wanted this certain type of classical guitar, just for instance, right? And there was a little bit of separation in the curfling or purfling, I forget what it's called, on the back. And I found a forum where they're talking about that guitar. That was enough to turn people off. You know, a little half-inch piece of stuff like, what what other kinds of abuses does this suffer? It suffered no abuse. It got dry. And that was a guitar that I dropped two grand on and sold for a hell of a lot more than that. I was I just like, oh my God, this, this is, you know, you know, I needed to make some bills and stuff. <laughs> what kind of guitar? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was a it was a classical guitar uh, yeah. by a guy named Blokinger. Um, beautiful instrument. It was fantastic, and I regretted once it was gone. I was like, you know what? That's that's a Cadillac, and I eventually bought something that made up for it. Um, but, and again, I had no idea. I was literally just like, well, it says it's the copy of this or inspired by this. That's what I want. Da, da, da. It's German made. Cool. Let's do this. And, you know, boom. But that was enough. That little bit was enough to, for people to be like catastrophize the whole thing. Like it must just be like destroyed. And, and that helped people, that helped people back from spending anything on it. I had one other bidder against me. That was, oh, wow. and that was like, you know, but that's what happens. Like, so I like to look for the things that are imperfect because I don't know where there's imperfections, there's opportunity. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. kind of what we talk about a lot. Always looking for the broken stuff that you can just fix up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So where there's imperfections, there's, there's definitely opportunity. Um, if you don't have the skills and the thing is, it's, you know, train wreck then i'd say you know and it looks you know just go with your gut um because i would get that a lot too like people would bring me like a train wreck you know like you know something that five other technicians in quotes went through modified and like dude there's unless you're ready to drop like another eight hundred dollars on this this on my time then I'm sorry. <laughs> right. You gotta reverse reverse all the last the last five X uh, disasters they've created for you. Exactly. But if it's something that's just like blown transformer, then yeah, it's you know part costs like a hundred bucks and get someone to throw it in there for not much more. And you know. So that yeah. amp is still for sale online. I just looked. You, <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Oh cool. <laughs> yeah, it's in New York to Midtown. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's on yeah. Craigslist. No, Craigslist. 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 Yeah, oh, okay, cool. Up, so we assume that it's still there. Yeah. I know. just look. It's still there. And Max, you were saying it's the vertical input one. We've we've had some discussions about. I guess that's closer to the late seventies JMP for the JCM eight hundreds. I don't know if you know if you know about. Oh, that. Yeah, what do you know about that? Oh yeah. Well, that's that's just that's a matter of, of layout. Um, yeah, the vertical input ones they aren't any better electrically or anything like that. 
they're just easier to work on. Mm. And they're just, they're just, they're just built better. Like the more of the old style and for right. what it's worth Marshall until, until the 2000 series, like up to the 900 series were very, very well made. Um, mm-hmm. So for as a technician, they're, they're quite easy to get around in. Then when you got to the 2000 series, you know, awful run, <laughs> like literally run. Um, I won't touch one. Um, uh, you know, uh, Fender's still really well made. Like it's kind of shocking. They've kept it going for this long. And it's like, this is a really well-made amp. Um, right. It's not that difficult to get around in. Um, so, so, you know, maybe I'll check it out, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe check it out. Not, not that motivated these days, but you know, that's always yeah. good. <laughs> and uh, what do you think about, you know, new old stock or, you know, vintage tubes versus new tubes, groove tubes? Um, you know, to, to how much of a difference does that make? Huge, huge yeah. difference. Um, like I said, this, I think I said this on Skip show, but one of the reasons why I got out of this as like a means of, you know, living was just the total frustration with, you know, the quality of, it, there's no motivation to make great tubes today. Like understand back in those days, they were used in everything. So the competition was fierce, you know, RCA, Sylvania, GE, it was absolutely fierce. They had to build stuff that was going to last for a long time um, and deliver the best, you know, sound. Um, today it's some audio files and people like, you and I and us, yeah. <laughs> there's not a right. lot of us. So there's no incentive to actually make anything great. So, you know, I, after just, it put, when I had my little website, just for instance, like, you know, I had a, I had a ton of old Telefunk and 12 AX7s, for instance, just like sitting around. I was like, okay, I need, you know, I need some money, put them up my website, $75 a bottle. So I put them up there for and people would be like, you're crazy. I'm like, bring your amp in. They would bring their amp in, plug one in, walk out with two of them. Oh, wow. You make a deal on like two? Like, yeah, sure, man. You know, no problem. Um, so that, they made that much of an immediate difference. Everything the- was, yeah, it was just like more clarity, more uh, warmth, um, you know. Uh, and the, the, the other story that was like, you know, I hired somebody for a while. She was great. Um uh, she's a recording engineer, and so she's got a really good ear. And first job I had her do was like a little Kalamazoo amp. You had the original tubes in it, mullards, and all the yada yada yada. And it's like, okay, what do you think about this? Oh, it sounds it's noisy. Um, all right, change the caps, do that, does that. She's like, this amp's incredible. Now, okay, so okay, so take all that old glass out, put in this new stuff. She's just like, wow. I said, what do you think? She's like, it's the difference between me making an impulse purchase or being like, I'm going to go home and think about it. I said, mm-hmm. what do you, how would you describe the sound? She's like really flat and glassy. I'm like, that's words I would describe new, t- you know, modern tubes to have. And those are not good words. <laughs> They're not good words. No, those you are know? not good descriptors. You know, I mean, in a pinch I'll, you know, if I need to, yeah, sure. That's, you know, I'm, I'm a working musician. So you use what you got and just, you know, practice <laughs> like that's more important. People will remember a million dollar performance on a five dollar guitar that more than they will the other way around. You know, five dollar mm-hmm. performance on your million dollar <laughs> Les Paul 
burst, whatever. It's not who cares, you know, like, <laughs> like can't play, can't play. Um, so, um, but just like, you know, I, I had so many tubes I rejected and I was actually starting to lose money on a lot of stuff, you know, just like, uh, you know, how many of these can I just send back to the distributor before they think mm-hmm. I'm crazy? And sometimes they did. They were like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, well, I'm just, I'm just, I want things to be great, not just okay. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that's a, it's an immense difference. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's definitely that. worth the extra bucks. I mean, um, to yeah. get the real deal. And in terms of power tubes versus preamp tubes, I mean, I know preamp tubes last a lot longer. Yeah. Um, they last for years and years and years. Um, I had an email exchange last night. Thanks to that other podcast about this guy's twin reverb. And it's like, yeah, dri- reverb driver tube must be a 12 AT7. That's new old stock. Do not put in a soft tech or a electro harmonics or a JJ. It'll last. Like I- I've literally had those crap out in like a week. Whoa. in that position because that's a very demanding position it's abusive like you know so and it costs about between 10 and 20 dollars for a new old stock one right you know, they're not exp- 12 at7 is there's millions of them around like nobody cares about them so why bother with like the crap glass you know? right for a few extra dollars to get the yeah. real thing you know and like you said you get you know you can get years out of it versus yeah. sounds like down to a week uh- yeah <laughs> And, and sonically, sonically speaking, I do like the JJ output tubes. If you get a good pair, they last a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those are okay for me. Um, and the operative word is if. I've had a lot of bad pairs where it's just like one goes, but then ones that are just solid, I've had the, some of those can just go for it, go and go and go and go. Especially the six V six. That's like an overbuilt little tank of a tube that you know I think has a, a good sound. Um, and I give the thumbs up to. Awesome. Yeah, no, those are great recommendations for all the listeners out here. Every, you know, they've named a lot of awesome products that are out there currently that, um, you know, like you said, there's a lot of choices. So any help that we yeah. can narrow this down for people to get closer to what they want to hear is, you know, really, really helpful. Yeah. The, the, the JJ six L six is really good. The EL 34s again, that that's the one that I had a lot of issues with. Um, but when you get a good set, those are, they have a good sound. Um, and they tend to last a good long time if they're operating within certain parameters. Um, mm-hmm. I still like the Softec Naked Bottle 5881. Like so you see back in the 80s when they, they first started showing up with the Softec heads, you know, in 1989 or whatever that was. Right. Um, those aren't the greatest sounding tubes, but they're so rugged. <laughs> right. And they, and they, have a, they have a thing. There's something to it that's nostalgic. Probably, you know, I lived... I was in my twenties during the grunge scare of 2000 <laughs> or, or 1990, whatever. Yeah. 1990 around that time. So that was kind of the sound of grunge was that tube. <laughs> it's like, so it's, I still associate it with it, especially the clean sounds. It's like, it just has this sort of jankiness to it <laughs> that I, that I find really appealing. <laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. yeah. Memories of youth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jeff, do you ever cruise Craigslist now looking for amps or not so much anymore? Not so much. Eh, not so much. Otherwise, I would have known about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I look for apartments now. <laughs> I sometimes I do that as well. Um, I look for a better life. 
somehow. <laughs> um, that uh, occasionally I look for, you know, I, I guess I, I guess in this stage of my life I've become a classical guitar fanatic because that's how my I get obsessive about things. Hmm. So I look for classical guitars that are woefully underpriced, um, which I don't see a lot on Craigslist. <laughs> Just, uh, people that have those tend to know what they have. Um, but, you know, um, yeah. And I also kind of like to give it to, like, the young crowd now, too. I did that for years. So it's right, right, right. kind of great when I hear, like, you know, someone I work with or, you know, a friend of mine who's, like, 25, 30 is like, oh, I've got this score. I'm like, that's awesome because I know what that feels like. I My life used to be tons of scores, pawn shops, thrift right. stores, you know. $500 Levi's jacket for four bucks or you know, <laughs> literally it happened once. That was great. You know, um, during a nervous breakdown in Oregon, like felt, felt much better about that day, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, um, and I got a lot of money for that, that silly jacket, you know, and, you know, and, and I, somebody, right? you know, yeah, my pre like pre like mass information, internet days, life used to just be full of those things. So, when I hear about somebody getting that, I'm just like, man, that's awesome. I'm just happy for you. It's like, I did that. That was, it's a, it's a hustle. Um, I did that for years. <laughs> you know? Hit the pawn shops. There's tons of pawn shops in Vancouver, Washington that I used to just hit religiously. Um, and I could usually turn a couple hundred dollars into a thousand dollars, like on, you know, on a good day. Um, and that was, I had a lot of good days. <laughs> That's a lot of good days. That's great. Uh, yeah. And if we, if we can help listeners, you know, through our listings and postings to, you know, get a little closer to these, to these deals, these scores, um, you know, that I, I think that's a little bit of what we're trying to do here for sure. Cause you know, like you said, it's a different thing where you had to really get on the street and walk the path and go into the stores and uh, the internet's yeah. kind of really opened that up, which does take a lot of the deals away, but going to know, Midtown right now, seems like hell. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the other part. It's like, that would be pretty easy to do, but then there's, I don't know, parking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to carry the thing, take a cab. It's zero degrees out right now. Yeah. And it's just cold out, you know, that's right. It's, it's, like, I, I, yeah, it's like, that's not that. That's yeah, not that. It, it, yeah, a little easier in LA with the weather and the, everyone's got cars, you throw it in the trunk. But, and, maybe, yeah. but maybe I'll hit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check I, it I, out. I, I've done stupider. Uh, you know, when I was young, I did way stupider things let me drive in a blizzard to buy this strat part <laughs> and then just like you know be like am i gonna get out of this alive like why am i out here like there's a <laughs> limit or <laughs> blizzard bad idea you know <laughs> you know there's another score later anyway so <laughs> right <they're>, yeah <laughs> it's an abundant universe you know <laughs> <laughs> and I, I appreciate the fact that you're leaving some of it to the, you know, to the to new generation to, you know, like you said, in the universe, it's all things are out there and, and you've uh, pulled from it and, uh, you know, leave some leave some deals for some other people as well. Um, yeah, let yeah. them have that experience. And you have an awesome, awesome gear blog. I have to mention that uh, you kind of go through a lot of the really special repairs on certain amplifiers that I see a lot of techs have been posting on and commenting. So it's really become a nice little uh, community, I would like to say. I and mean, we'll certainly post yeah, yeah. Yeah, post a link to your awesome gear blog, your music blog. Jeff has an awesome band, and um, and anything else. Uh, I know you have a couple other blogs, so there'll be some listings um, for sure. So yeah. you're gonna get access to all of Jeff's 
content that he's putting out there because it's really, oh, yeah, really my, good. My, my band camp page is my favorite one right now. So about to okay, put cool. up, yeah, yeah, definitely. Put up some things to prove that I'm a composer to these people that need to know I'm a composer. <laughs> well, only so you need like, to know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's part of the life of an artist. Like you're constantly trying to get money. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to like, and rightfully so. Why should somebody hand me a bunch of money if? I don't have anything to have like specific things to show for it. So I'm putting a bunch of stuff up this week. So awesome. Uh, awesome. Cool. You know, awesome. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. We'll be sure to put the links up. Uh, so everybody can check out all of Jeff's stuff, his music, his awesome gear blog and uh, anything else that he wants us to uh, let you guys know about. Uh, but thank you, Jeff, so much for coming on the show. That's I don't know, Max, do you have any more questions here before we wrap it up? Yeah. What's your favorite amp? Oh my God. Do you mind my mood? <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, like if in a perfect world, um, I, I love an old Plexi Marshall, but mm. there's just something absolutely majestic about it. I have no use for one now; they're too big. But yeah, yeah there's just something um, there's there's something godlike about one of those, you know, m- mystical almost. You know, um, I've had a lot of them over the years. You know, sold some to rock stars and whatnot, and. But as far as like what I played now, um, I'm really partial to this little tiny magnetone I have, just volume and tone. Um, it's called an A646. There's only a handful of them in the world. And I, I bought it by accident on Reverb. You know, I put an offer in. They said, let me think about it. No, but never declined it. And then I bought something else. And then they got back to me and said, okay, we're going to take your offer. And it's like, ah. Oh. But when I got it, that amp is just killer. Oh wow! So, so and it's it's a five water. Um, this yeah. has a beautiful tone. I did have a magnetone um, recently that was with the vibrato and all that. And again, that's a absolutely gorgeous sounding amp. So these days, I'm kind of partial to magnetones. Um, cool. Yeah, they're they're not really that roadworthy, but like, but they're incredible. Um, dark and mysterious beautiful tone to them true vibrato vibrato yeah that's that's a little much it's not for everybody um but uh i'm a bit sad that i sold the one that i had um but you know again it's an abundant universe and i need one get mm-hmm. another one <laughs> yeah they're out there <laughs> that was one that had a, a burnt transformer that was uh you know it, it got uh, for you know beans because of that so nice. There's another one out there with a burnt transformer and (laughs) (laughs) waiting for me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Waiting for me. Perfect. Um, Great. That's awesome, Jeff. Really appreciate that. And magnetones always look out for them. We certainly, we've posted a few in the past because like you said, they're um, maybe not the best road warriors, but incredible sound and unique tone. um, And certainly for, you know, the five waters for your apartment. Yeah, Uh, definitely. But thank you again so much, Jeff, for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure, guys. Be safe out there and rock on. (laughs) You too. All right. Take care. Peace.